0: Hello and welcome, my friend, to the third episode of the Shaqabee Podcast. This episode is a is the audio from a press conference that I had with Senator Nelson and uh, the Minnesota Housing Partnership and some other folks about uh, my House File eleven fifty six and uh, the comparable Senate file as well. And this is a press conference, and the bill will um, take and create a pool of money in the Department of Housing to fund and push affordable housing in the state of Minnesota. And so it's uh, private money that gets leveraged with a tax credit to go into and invest in affordable housing throughout the state of Minnesota. So that is New affordable housing, maintaining existing affordable housing in Duluth, in Shakopee, and, and wherever the projects are necessary, and it's a really, really good bill that would do a lot of good to uh, help meet the need for 300,000 affordable housing units that we need in Minnesota by 2030. And here is the audio from the press conference from last week.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Elizabeth Glidden, and I'm the Director of Strategic Initiatives and Policy with the Minnesota Housing Partnership. The Minnesota Housing Partnership is a 30-plus 30 year, 30 year old nonprofit organization that focuses on improving conditions of home and community. We do our work through three primary avenues. One is original research, which we are about to uh, learn more about today is through policy and advocacy focused primarily on work at the state level and finally we also provide technical assistance throughout the nation that is targeted to rural communities and native communities we are pleased that you're able to join us for today's release of our state of the state of housing report for 2019 I want to thank our researcher Gabrielle Norton who's here with us today and we're going to hear more about this report um, from our Executive Director, Ann At Following uh, that presentation, we will hear some reaction uh, from the Rochester community and then also talk about proposed solutions to address our need for significant additional investment in housing. And I'll lead us through the day, but uh, Ann Mavady, our Executive Director from the Minnesota Housing Partnership, is here to discuss the report's release. Hi, I'm Ann Mabey.
2: Minnesota's lack of affordable housing is impacting every sector, everywhere in our state. And this lack of affordable housing is already negatively impacting our job growth and economic development in communities from International Falls to Rochester, from Stillwater to Moorhead. We need public and private investments in affordable housing to make Minnesota a place where people have homes they can afford and in close proximity to the jobs that they have. Every two years, the Minnesota Housing Partnership creates the state of the state's housing report to benchmark progress at the state, regional, and county levels. And in addition to spotlighting key trends, like the gap between the cost of housing and the salaries of the most in-demand jobs, the report also ranks counties on benchmarks like renter cost burden, and it showcases issues like the aging housing stock, with dynamic maps that you can use in reference. And the report also shares stories from communities around the state that are working in innovative ways at the local level to address this issue. What we have found is that the state of the state's housing is insufficient to meet the needs of a thriving economy and a growing population. We've failed to address the increasing gaps in affordable housing, and it's a trend that we cannot afford to continue. As legislators make critical decisions, about affordable housing and programs across Minnesota, this report provides a comprehensive and compelling benchmark and networks and metrics and information at both the state, regional, and county levels. So the major takeaway from this report includes that the lack of affordable homes impacts every county, every sector, every household in Minnesota. And this impact is particularly severe for households with people of color and indigenous people for Minnesotans at the lowest income levels, and for our older uh, neighbors here in Minnesota. There's five findings I want to highlight in the State of the States Housing Report. First, Minnesota has the highest proportion of cost burden households in the Midwest, and that number is growing. Nearly one in four Minnesota households are paying more for their housing than they can afford. And that means that it's likely that they're having to make really difficult decisions on what to pay for at the cost of food and medicine and transportation. And that's not a sustainable trend for our communities. Racial disparities persist in housing. 40% of households of color are cost burdened compared to 23% of white households. And Minnesota has the unenviable rank of being among the worst in the nation for the racial disparities in homeownership. The gap between housing costs and income is growing, and the people at the lowest income levels have the most significant barriers. Since 2000, median rent has increased 13%, while median salaries has decreased 5%. And that growing gap means that more than 111,000 households don't have access to affordable and available affordable housing. Minnesota's top in-demand jobs don't pay enough to afford housing. Only one of the seven most in-demand jobs in Minnesota pays enough to afford a median-value home. And this means that hard-working Minnesotans who are working full-time and more may not be able to afford an average two-bedroom apartment to rent or a median home. And high housing costs continue to put Minnesota seniors at risk. 57% of all senior renters are paying more than they can afford for housing. They are cost burdened. And more than a quarter of senior homeowners are also cost burdened. And this trend is only going to grow as our senior population grows as well. Because our homes impact every aspect of our lives, these concerning trends that are highlighted in the state of the state's housing affect all of us. And it's clear that for Minnesota to address this deep need for affordable housing requires innovation and collaboration and investment across all sectors, across all constituencies, and all levels of government, public and private. There's no one single solution, but there's opportunities to address this and it's within reach of us right now, and it's up to us to
1: seize those opportunities together. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. And we wanted to share some community's perspective with you, and so we've invited Steve Warhart, who's with the Coalition for Rochester Area Housing, to make, make some brief comments, and he's joined here today by two of his colleagues, uh, David Dunn from Olmstead County, and Olmstead County Commissioner Sheila Kiskanen.
3: I won't repeat a lot of the data that Ann provided, other than to say that Olmstead County and Rochester is no different than the rest of the state. Indeed, maybe even a little uh, more urgent as a result of the rapid economic growth we're experiencing. And what she said, particularly towards the end, about the importance of collaboration, and that we need everybody in. We need all different sectors of our community. Government isn't going to solve this alone. We know that private developers can't build to the price point that we need in Olmstead County in Rochester in the last five years we have created get this 5556 apartments that seems huge doesn't it less than a thousand of them are price-pointed for people making 60 percent of area median income fewer than 200 of them are priced at somebody making 55 percent of median income and fewer than 50 are priced at people for people making uh, half a very immediate income, or $35,000 a year. And 36% of the households in Olmstead County have a gross annual household income of $50,000 or less. 25% of the households are at 35000 or less. So there's a little data to, to get you going. This is a dire issue, and we have to bring more revenue streams, more resources to the table so that we can accomplish this. We will accomplish it because we will not have the economic growth we need. We will have a ceiling on our ability to attract employees to our communities to grow our businesses if they don't have a safe, stable place to live and raise their families. So I really applaud this bill. It's another arrow in our quiver to bring additional resources to the game so that we can create the housing at the price points we need to serve the workers that are providing the essential services that we all rely on today. Thank you so much, Steve. Well,
1: I think one of the important pieces of information is that we have good options on the table this legislative session that are here to make a difference in the need for affordable homes for all Minnesotans. And one of those options is uh, the Tax Credit Contribution Fund for Affordable Housing. This is a bipartisan solution that has uh, uh, leveraged by uh, public-private partnerships that it is incentivizing. We're proud to have a number of lawmakers here in support of this proposal, this bill. Um, I want to thank, in particular, Representative Hur and Representative Petersburg for being here in support. And we're going to hear some brief comments from lawmakers who are key in moving this bill forward. And the first we're going to hear from is Senator Carla Nelson, who is our chief author in the Senate, followed by Representative Brad Tabke, our chief author in the House. And then we will hear from Mark Johnson, our senator from District 1, and Representative Mike Howard. Well good afternoon. Uh, I am State
4: Senator Carla Nelson. It's very good to be with you. Uh, I live in Rochester and I'm quite honored and humbled to represent uh, most of Olmstead County uh, in in the Senate here. Uh, And Minnesota's, as you've heard, Minnesota's lack of affordable homes has real consequences for Minnesota families and our economic competitiveness. You might recall the updated uh, state forecast. One of the issues that um, was pointed to as uh, impacting our lack of economic growth, or our slowing of economic growth, was the workforce crisis. Part of that, my friends, uh, is a result of not having affordable housing. And as revealed by the state of the state's housing report, Minnesota's top-in-demand jobs don't pay enough for affordable housing. And gave you those uh, numbers specifically. But think about that. Those are the top-in-demand jobs, and yet they don't pay what's needed for affordable housing. Think about all of the other jobs. Uh, This is very important. Um, And our families and our businesses cannot thrive when workers cannot find housing near their jobs. And as I alluded to, employers cannot attract talent. Without decent, affordable housing, workers live paycheck to paycheck, sacrifice wealth building, and savings, and they miss out on opportunities. And as you might know, I'm the chair of the uh, Education, Finance, and Policy Committee in the Minnesota Senate, and a former teacher. And as you know, our state invests heavily in education. It's critical. Those children are our future. We do that to make sure that all children have a world-class education, so that they can thrive, and that our communities can benefit from an educated workforce. But for children whose families struggle to find the housing they can afford, especially those that are highly mobile, it's hard to succeed in school. I had a student uh, one March, uh, about this time. Uh, he was a second grader. I couldn't figure out why he just wasn't interested in reading. Well, I found out uh, he came to me in March. He would had been in four other schools. He'd been in four other schools in Rochester in that year. Think how hard that is for a child to learn if they can't even stay in a classroom for a year. Uh, Our students and our educators are priced out of the housing market. The tax credit contribution affordable housing, Senate File 404, I want you to emblazon that number, advocate for that number, and we're gonna let the House member talk about House File 1156. Um, The tax credit contribution for affordable housing Gives workers a shot at a home they can afford it will give all students a fair shot and I believe uh, that it will help close our stubborn and persistent embarrassing nation-leading achievement gap in our schools you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs you have to have a safe and secure base before anything else can happen uh, affordable housing is that Uh, The tax credit contribution fund for affordable housing allows all Minnesotans to contribute to the solution. That's an important part. You don't have to be incredibly wealthy. Everybody can be part of the solution. It's about neighbors helping neighbors. We are at an all-hands-on-deck moment here. And Senate File 404 is a vehicle that can help get all hands on deck, leverage private public dollars, with private dollars. I think it will make a big difference and I thank you for your interest. Representative Thanks
0: Thank you so much, uh, Elizabeth and Senator Nelson. This is a topic that is critically important. I used to be the mayor of Shakopee and I represent District 55A, which is Shakopee and uh, Louisville Township and Jackson Township. And it is during my time as mayor, it was really important that as we talked to people, as we talked to residents, that affordable housing is a major impediment to their growth and their future, as we all know. And even more, or as importantly, is the importance of affordable housing to our small businesses and job creation. And with this bill that uh, Senator Nelson has, the Senate side, my uh, the House side is uh, House file 1156, and it is. Humbly, an awesome bill. I'm really excited about it. And uh, the Minnesota Housing uh, Partnership has done a fantastic job putting this together, and all the work that everyone has done uh, on this bill makes it uh, a really great vehicle and a really great opportunity for uh, affordable housing to really become a, a major push in the state of Minnesota. And with this. With $25 million of uh, credits put into the tax fund, it will create over 700 new jobs for each $25 million that gets put in, and homes. And As uh, Senator Nelson talked about, having a home is the the critical piece that we need in this. In order for all of our education, all of our transportation, all of our infrastructure, and all of our uh, economy to function, we have to have a, a solid base and affordable home that everyone can have. So I'm really looking forward to this uh, bill moving forward with everyone's support. It's House File 1156, and thank everyone here for their uh, their support and their work on behalf of it. So thank you very much, everyone, for being here. Thank you. And
1: Senator Mark Johnson, representing our northwest corner of the state.
5: Yes, thank you very much. I appreciate all the work that you've done uh, in this particular uh, realm of, of housing. Uh, I'm very excited about the tax credit bill, uh, and have been working with Senator Nelson. Uh, she is the chief author of 404. I think it's a great bill. So I live up in northwest Minnesota. We're having a blizzard up there right now, but it's uh, border on Canada and North Dakota. Uh, and right now in rural Minnesota, I think there are three main things that are holding up back. It's job workforce, getting people up there, getting, getting the workforce that we need, it's daycares. How do we get those children taken care of? It's housing. This is something that, that really latches on to that third point and finding housing. How do we get people? We've got the jobs. We've got lots of jobs. We've got Marvin. We've got DigiKey. We've got uh, Articap. We've got all these great companies that are hiring. But how do we get people up if we can't find them housing? So, this is one thing that uh, I think is a, just a, a great deal. It allows companies to really invest in their communities and to really have some ownership there. So once this blizzard is gone, I'm hoping that we'll uh, be able to put something together here with this bill, uh, this session, and really drive uh, some solutions forward. So thank you so much for your time today. I
6: represent Mike Howard. Morning, my name is Representative Mike Howard, and I represent Richfield and Bloomington in the Minnesota House, and and thank you to uh, the representatives, and senators, and both parties uh, that are here today to uh, support this bill and to highlight the huge need in housing that is across the state. Um, whether we're striving to eliminate our opportunity gap, whether it's striving to uh, meet our workforce challenges or grow our economy, all roads lead back to home. Uh, without stable, affordable housing, Minnesotans just are not going to have the opportunity to succeed. Communities aren't going to have the opportunity to succeed. As this report details, the need is significant. The need is statewide, and the needs across the state are diverse. Um, and that's why I'm so supportive of this proposal before us, the tax credit proposal, because. It allows us to make a significant investment. It allows us to take a statewide approach, and it allows us to use a diverse set of tools, um, or to meet the needs across the state, because the needs in northwest Minnesota are different in my community. Uh, in Richfield and Bloomington, we've seen uh, the loss of naturally occurring affordable housing in one uh, failed swoop. We lost over 700 units of naturally occurring affordable housing at Crossroads and Penn that displaced thousands of our residents, including over 100 students, uh, 40 of which experienced homelessness. And so when you look at our challenges, as Senator Nelson said, in education, how can we expect to meet our needs if our students don't have access to stable housing? Uh, the need, it, it's beyond a need, it's a crisis, and this proposal before us, I believe, is an important. an a tool that we can use, and it's one that I hope we can move forward with this session. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Representative. I believe we have time for a few questions. I want to invite up Libby Murphy, who is our Deputy Policy Director and who has led our work on this bill uh, at the state. And I also want to recognize that this uh, bill... Uh, is supported by over 70 endorsing organizations that are membership organizations, coalitions. We're proud to have the support of the Homes for All Coalition, thank them so much. We're also proud to have the support of organizations like the St. Paul Chamber and uh, Minnesota Association of Small Cities, as well as the League of Minnesota Cities and many others. So thank you very much and we're here uh, with, our, uh, with our
6: expert folks uh, standing for questions if there are any. Can you put this into context of the, of the other affordable housing efforts this session? I know this is just one piece. You've got government budget, uh, other things. Can you give us the global view
3: of what could happen this year and, and how this fits in? Sure. I'm going to invite Libby to maybe give a, a piece, and
6: maybe one of the representatives
1: also wants to uh, add it to her. Um, So I think this is a piece of <laughs> uh, uh, of the picture.
7: Um, we need to go after. All sources of potential funding because as you've heard the crisis is great here in the state of Minnesota um, this particular proposal has a unique set of endorsers um, that we're very excited about from the League of Minnesota cities to the Association of Minnesota counties to various chambers across the state to individual businesses and that list of endorsers continues to grow so we believe that there is a true path forward for this particular bill uh, we also have bipartisan support in the house there are over uh, 20-something co-authors at the moment, and we continue to grow that list. So this is a critical component of the overall picture, um, and it's a part of the Homes for All agenda, and we do feel that this session, there is a path forward for this particular
4: piece of legislation. I'll let um, the lawmakers also speak to, to, to that question. Well, I would just add a couple things. Um, so there is there are very broad packages out there, because it's a very big issue. Uh, the reason that i really focused on this particular bill, the uh, affordable housing tax credits, is one thing that we know is that government needs uh, continue to grow well beyond government resources. And a couple weeks ago, I was speaking at the Humphrey Center, and I was reminded of John Randall, who founded the Humphrey Center, and the report that he actually re- released uh, several decades ago. But what I would say it's even more true today than it was then. And that is the fact that government uh, does not have the ability to meet the growing needs, the growing demographic needs, that we are seeing and that we will see in our our state. And we must start uh, leveraging private dollars and making our public dollars go further. And Senate File 404 uh, does that. Uh, and it brings in those uh, private dollars, so it does leverage dollars. So um, well, there are many proposals out there, and that's one reason why I think this particular uh, proposal is unique. And, and maybe someone else can speak to the many other proposals that are out there as well.
0: Thank you. Yes, there are, as we all know, that this has become uh, to crisis levels of, of a affordable housing has to have solutions and there are many different ways where we can approach this and there are many great ways where uh, how, how this uh, issue can be tackled but as the senator was talking about there are, uh, this is one of the uh, uh, I feel most viable and one of the most uh, has support all across the, uh, the Senate and the House to be completed and as well as we look at the economic forecast that came out a week or two ago it was very clear and stated that uh, that our availability of workforce is a drag on our economy currently and that's the part of the reduction in in uh, the forecast and so the availability of jobs is directly related to the availability of affordable housing that is local to communities and so uh, ladies said, there are many ways that this can move forward but we feel that this is one of the best ones that uh, leverages private money and helps the market direct as to where this uh, affordable housing money can go I
3: mean, from this this proposal to this year, how many units? Uh, So
7: for every 25 million, we project that that would create 350 new units or uh, make 1,000 units more affordable. And it would create 700 new jobs for every 25 million, as Representative Tafti mentioned
6: earlier. It replaces half a crossroad um i will mention that that is why the preservation of our nationally occurring affordable housing is so vital for that very point um and this is a tool that we can utilize uh to, to do that uh, pre- we can't just build our way out of our affordable housing crisis we have to preserve our nationally affordable housing as well mm-hmm. um, i'll also just say to to representative
7: howard's point and If we had a tool like the Tax Credit Contribution Fund, there was community support to step in to save the crossroads um, and to make sure that those families were not displaced and maintain the affordability of the housing. There were no other um, immediate interventions available to the community at the time had the Tax Credit Contribution Fund been a vehicle to engage the community in saving those units and making sure that those households would be able to maintain their housing crossroads
8: may not have happened, we may not be talking about that because may, it may not have been an issue in my community, so. Uh, my name is Judith Kiske, I'm a home County commissioner, and I serve on the Coalition for rochester Aid Housing, and been working in Housing arena for the last couple of years. I want to show you a little bit more of a, of a story, not specific to the broad array of the $400 million that are being solved, but government, as has been said, is not, cannot solve the whole problem. And in fact, a lot of our issues are a competitive advantage as a state, and our lack of affordable housing for workforce, government tends to work with the people who are the lowest income Minnesotans, the greatest the people in greatest need because of income, because of disability, because of age. That's where we tend to focus our dollars, and a lot of the proposals before the legislature are for that kind of housing with services, subsidized housing, eviction kinds of things. But what we, what we as employers have is how do we have a competitive advantage? We're losing our competitive advantage for affordable housing. And there are employers around the state, like DigiKeep, who are working with their own workforce to try and make housing affordable, to be attractive as an employer to the state of Minnesota. Tell you a little story about a manufacturer in Dodge County, Minnesota, who uh, is no longer a locally owned company, but is uh, having trouble getting workers. And so they have a high turnover, and they're bringing workers in from elsewhere and putting them in residential hotels. They can deduct that cost. Wouldn't it be great if they could deduct the cost of building housing for that workforce and then have greater retention of that workforce? And that's what this offers that none of the other proposals do, the ability to build for the competitive advantage and the workforce needs throughout the state of Minnesota, probably particularly in greater Minnesota.
1: So um, I know there may be other questions. I believe there may be another event scheduled immediately after this, so I just want to respect the time, and this room probably needs to be cleared out quickly, but folks may be available for additional questions outside the room. Thank you very much.
0: And that's the news conference audio from our Affordable Housing Press Conference, and so you can learn more about this bill by visiting www.house.mn. 55 a Thank you so much for listening, and have a great day.